0: A Lifetime original podcast.
1: Strength of a Woman should have been the title of this podcast.
0: <laughs> Cookies and Cream present Strength of a Woman. I love a Lifetime movie. This movie is definitely like a series of bombs dropped over and over and over. What am I gotten myself into? Ah! said this is too tumultuous. Tappy, 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 emails, emails, emails. Have you thought about adopting or just filling your home with Pomeranians?
1: Oh, me, I failed all the time. So when a failure comes up, I go, oh yeah, throw it in the pile. (laughs) Hello and welcome to a brand new special, special, special episode of I Love a Lifetime movie. I am Megan Gailey, joined by a black music listener, (laughs) a legendary listener of black music, Naomi Eckperegan.
0: Wow. Legendary listener of black music. You were grasping there. Why not? That's that's one of them weak intros when someone's like, this next comedian plays all over town. All (laughs)
1: over the city. uh, Clubs and colleges.
0: Well, you know, I'm on fumes. Yeah, I hear you, sister girl. I definitely hear you on that. I, like... Had two glasses of wine last night, and I feel like I've been Ooh. hit by a Mack truck. Well, were they red or white? One red, one rosé, a Lambrusco, because I like my bubbles. And it really, and I think, though, it was probably also because I didn't have much hydration period yesterday. Like, I didn't have yeah. anything. And so so I just really, but then I was like, you know what? This is pushing 40. Your body just Ugh. says, no, ma'am to the simplest of joys. Were you out to dinner? Yes, I was out to dinner with the beloved Nicole Byer, who we all know and love. Were you at our spot? No, I was at another spot. Okay, all right. Another (laughs) spot. You'll allow it. Was it delicious? It was good. It was fine. Um, It wasn't bad. It was
1: Okay,
0: all right. Yeah, it was all right. I want you to tell me off air, obviously. Can I tell you what I'm dealing with right now? So I wake up yesterday morning, Megan. I get an email, and it's like, there has been an inquiry into your... There's, you have a hard credit inquiry from American Express. And do we... Okay. This is from my credit monitoring. Oh, okay. So it's like real. It's not just, you know, because like the FBI keeps calling me and it's like,
1: okay, you're not the <laughs> FBI.
0: Like, all right, great. Oh, God, all right. I'm, I'm coming right in. So I see that. And then I also have a hundred emails that are like, thank you for signing up for this or your account is... A like someone has got my email in a data breach okay and they signed me up a bunch of stuff i marked all that as spam but then this american express is like welcome to american express your card is on the way and i called Mm, american express i called american express and they're like can you tell me your address and i said look i'm already being my identity's being stolen who are you do you need my address he goes you don't have to tell me the whole thing just tell me the street name so i can see if the because he's like i have something open in your name But I want to know if it's coming to your house. I told him my street address. He goes, okay, no, this is fraud. I'm going to send it up the chain. So I go, okay, great. So we addressed it like literally within the two hours it came in. And yet I wake up to another email today that says your card is en route via next day air to whatever this other address is. They don't tell you the whole address. They just told the um, zip code. Yeah, Also a California zip code. (gasps) But I was like, so if I made that phone call yesterday, shutting it down, Shouldn't you not send the card to that person now that we know that yeah. person is trying to steal my identity? Because I have good credit, Megan. I have a very high credit score.
1: And that's important, but like only because it matters. But credit is not real. But I'm annoyed that somebody about to mess me up because I ain't trying to be on the hook
0: for no Amex bill now.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. It's like. Credit is part of the game, yes. and you have a high score, so don't unplug the machine. Even though I know it's not real, yes, yes, so I've yes, worked yes. hard to get to this level. Yes, yeah. I wonder, you know, because I'm imagine, uh, you know, I'm imagining a man, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. he said, send it to this address, and then and then they're like, well, but, you know, that's been reported, and then he's like, what other address? And so he's like, going to have it sent to his mother's house. I ATT, so one of them called me and said, listen, we're about to send six phones to Pennsylvania <laughs> on your behalf, and I said, no. Nope. Wow, it's nice that they checked in. Of course it is, and the man was great. But it's like six phones should be a red flag. Yeah, like it yeah, should yeah, just yeah. be like, no, you can't buy phones in <laughs> by half baker dozen. Right,
0: right. No bulk orders. No bulk orders.
1: You know what's really and and maybe this is like a sign of age. I go, like, this scamming seems hard. Mm. Like to acquire these emails that people didn't want you to have to then get the American Express. Like these are so many steps or, or you could get a job. Like it almost (laughs) seems easier. It almost seems easier to get a job that you can phone it in. Cause it's like, I, you know, Sometimes people will be like, what's so-and-so do? And I go, I actually don't know. You know, like I know their title, but they're what they, what they clock in and do, I think tappy-tappy-tappy, emails, <laughs> emails, emails, pretend to be busy. And then, so it goes, you don't even, scamming, you have to really do the work.
0: You can't just send an email and hope for the best. No, Megan, see, this is the problem. No one wants to pay workers. So it's actually way easier to just like hack into a database because that's what it is. It must be part of a data breach of all the things I've signed into. And you just... I mean, the computer doing it for you. Then you just do it, and then you just go online and you just say, I am Naomi Egg Paragon," And now you got a brand new credit card. you yeah. just, you just lucky you happen to take the data of somebody who has good credit, right? Because you can go out here trying to be somebody else, and it'll be like, you're actually not allowed to be in the state of Tennessee. You know what I mean? Like, you just right. happen to take the identity of somebody who's upstanding. Well, that does that
1: is that any, like, feather in your cap that your name felt, no. like,
0: no. perhaps tied to good credit? No, not at all. Especially because I'm like, You know, people don't know, like, Ekparagon is not a common last name. It's, like, not something where I'm like, Mm mm-mm. Like, who who walking around here like they a Nigerian woman? That's what I want to know. You know what I'm Well, saying? <laughs>
1: maybe they maybe they saw Ekperegan and they said, "Well, maybe I, you know, if this doesn't work, maybe I've got a Nigerian prince scam in my back pocket."
0: You can have a prince scam in your back pocket, honey. But uh, oh my god, I, I, yeah,
1: I do. Just I go. I think Postmates. I think Postmates for these folks <laughs> because I'm, you know, I'm I'm tipping well. That right. it's like. Uh, we you're you're already scamming me by delivering food to me. You know like uh, the scam is I am lazy. Right. So right, right, right. why can't we just, you know, we we're watching all these MLM documentaries. Mm-hmm. We've seen it goes, mm-hmm. why don't you just go sell leggings? Why don't you sell <laughs> knives that can cut through the foundation of your house? Like there just are alternatives <laughs> and and I'm and I'm shocked to to realize some of these scams are actually harder than to to you know be a psychiatrist
0: Uh uh-huh uh-huh absolutely well i mean look needless to say it's been a roller coaster in this house but you know what i think the emotional roller coaster is very fitting given the motion pictures we're discussing today because you guys as megan has mentioned national black music month continues and today we're covering not one but two films produced by the legendary r&b artist mary j blige henny now, part one is called "Real Love," and it follows eighteen year old Kendra during her first year in HBCU in South Carolina. and it's it's a whole drama. okay? Then the second movie, we catch up with Kendra and her former current who knows Bo Ben fifteen years later in the film "Strength of a Woman." And since those college years, they've gone on their separate waves. They seem to be thriving in their careers and love lives. But maybe they ain't, okay? And the question is, will they repeat the mistakes of the past or will they find the strength to move forward? So, look, we got two movies. I'm going to hopefully, y'all, fingers crossed in the A at Nobody ruined my credit. So, you know what? Let's get into it.
1: All right. Real love. Yeah, real love. I do believe on the last episode I sang it, and without even actually having feedback yet, I know the feedback was probably, please don't do that again. (laughs) So- Real love, spoken word. Hmm. The setting is Hammond College. This is a fictional
0: HBCU. Historically Black college and university, for those of you listening who yes. may not know, which I think by this point in the pod, you should know. But you just know. in case, I try you to know. just be, you know, I try to remember, we must always stay teachable.
1: For those of you that did not go to a high school that had a spring break HBCU tour, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like me yes. <laughs> at Lauren Central, then yes. maybe, you didn't, maybe you didn't know where the charter bus of Black students was going, (laughs) but they were not going to Hammond College, but like a, a, you know, a friend of Hammond College. Now, Naomi, before we even get into this, I was curious if an
0: HBCU was ever an option for you. Did you think about it at all? Well, I did go to the spring break trip, which was funny because it was like, you know, I went to the Dalton School on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And so somebody decided they would take us to an HBCU one spring break. How big was that trip? I know. It was like, of our year, it was like probably like nine of us. And then they took us to, but it was funny because they took us to Atlanta. So it was like we went to Spellman, Clark, mm-hmm. Morehouse. But Morehouse. then they also took us to, they showed us Emory. And the thing is, like, you know, Emory University, aka Coca-Cola University, was a nice-looking college. And so we, had like, looked at Emory, uh-huh. and then we were like, um, I think if we can go to any place here, we want to go to that one. <laughs> like, we were all, like, <laughs> we were all, like, bougie and stuck up. Like, we didn't kind of realize. Yeah. But I also think, too, it's funny because that was a point because, like, my mom at one point said to me where she because she was like she wanted me to go to HBCU and she was really afraid she was like basically like well if you don't go to HBCU I'm worried you're never gonna have a boyfriend basically because she's like what? those because she's like the white boys you know the white boys weren't checking for me in high school and so she was like and you know if you go to one of these liberal arts college it's just gonna be a continuation of that same thing. She's like, cause the black boys are going to want all to, the, the black boys in those schools are just going to want to get with the white girls. And like, this is what she said. And I was like, and so she was like, I think you should, but you know, it was just funny because growing up being told constantly by the black people in my life that I talked white, that I was nerdy, that I was weird. The idea of going to all black college was not appealing to me. I was like, they're not going to like me. Gotcha. If any of my upbringing gotcha. has been any indication, this is not necessarily I mean- it. Your
1: mom. Really... You're still unpacking that, huh? It's you're still a... unpacking that, Megan. A, yeah, <laughs> like it's saying. it's not a read because I don't. I, I, but like, as you got into the details, but it's like, yes, but there are Black men that don't go to liberal arts colleges or don't go to HBCU. You know, like I went to a Big Ten school mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, there were Black men there dating Black women. Were there enough? <laughs> no. And and some of that probably my fault. But really, <laughs> wow. Okay, so HBCU <laughs> checked off
0: the list for you. But yes, I did check them out. And of course, and like all of my extended family Went to them, you know, and did the sorority fraternity thing. And so, you know, I've, I've gone to many a Howard graduation. You know what I mean? A Morehouse graduation where they're having fun. It's dynamic. We love the vibe. But I was like, I don't know if 18-year-old me would have. Look, in a way, so you guys, I'm kind of like Kendra. So the lead in the movie, Kendra, she is, she is like a good girl. First of all, she's stunning. She's gorgeous. Of course, classic life. Gorgeous. Actress. So good. But she is a, she's a good girl. And you can see that basically... You know, her going to college is a big deal for the family. Her younger sister has a baby. The movie is set in 1992, okay? So, also like peak Mary J. time, but also it is such a time capsule of Black culture to me. Cause that's, again, like like the movies we, we've been talking about. Like this one, the music was that's popping when you were off. Of this, age. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, they're doing it. But she's like a good girl. So, I was very much like, I was really identifying with that. I was identifying with like, I have my scholarship, I have my work study, and I have to do a good job. Well, I'm here because I understand this is a big deal.
1: And in addition to that, I'm so hot, but I don't know that. <laughs> so I'm just sort of going through. But it becomes apparent that she's hot immediately because she's on campus with her dad. And then men are basically bombarding her. <laughs> we've got, we've got upperclassmen. We've got freshmen. A guy asks her to go to a party, a frat party in front of her dad. And you were shocked like. by this. I didn't like it. I immediately knew he was a bad guy. I knew it was a bad guy immediately. Okay. Well, I was asked out on a date in front of my father. It actually, the man asked my dad if he could take me out on a date. Like, it felt very old-timey. But, like, in what context? Where were y'all? My dad and I were sitting at the bar at a, like, very fancy restaurant eating Mm -hmm. and like maybe getting a little you know this is before um, my dad stopped drinking so we we were getting you know a little loose you're like in your 20s yeah i was in my 20s oh i early 20s like 24 (laughs) and then a visiting out of town dentist (laughs) struck up a conversation with us and he was probably 45
0: wow
1: bold yeah he was closer to my dad's age but he was like He was very handsome and you could tell he was rich. And he asked my dad if he could take me to the Cubs game the next day.
0: And what did your dad say? Of course.
1: (laughs) Great taker. (laughs) Like, take Meg, don't look back. You know, like and he's like, he's a doctor. I go, dentist. Did you go? Yeah, I went. I went and then it ended up feeling pretty, you know, and I had like dated older men, but that wasn't really you know, I wasn't one of those girls that it was like, I only date 40 year olds. Right, right. right, right, My my (laughs) husband's a year younger than me. You know, I just love men to be honest <laughs> I went and then at one point I wanted to go get ice cream in the little helmet you know they have yeah, ice yeah, cream yeah, yeah. And the little baseball helmets and so I wanted to get get that and he gave me a 20 and which is like nice and fine but it felt like uh-huh. a babysitter oh, it felt okay
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I was
1: like, and then he had me come and help pick out souvenirs for his kids, but his kids were like (laughs) seventeen,
0: so I was like, you know what they like, Megan? You're in their age range. Yeah, so it, you know, we'll see. This is my thing, though. It didn't work. So this guy who comes up on Kendra, okay? Because again, I feel like we've just started talking about ten thousand things, so maybe no one is following yet. Our lead girl is Kendra. She's at Hammond College, the fictional HBCU. Cute as a button, a really good girl. The guy who comes up to her is a frat boy named Reg, who is wearing no shirt. Okay? And this is also like move-in day. So I have a lot of problems with this. I have a lot of problems because like, she's a total stranger to you. You ain't got no clothes on. And you in her face. Mm And to me, and I thought it was actually an interesting move because to me it shows your who a character is. Like the same way for you, you like a gold tooth in a movie because it shows you someone's bad. To me, like yeah. <laughs> hitting on someone with no shirt around their parent says like, I don't believe in societal norms. You know what I mean?
1: Right. And I think it was also a way to be like, college is gonna be different. Right. right Which right. is like. The scene when anyone is like moving into college and this couldn't be like an HBCU, a Big Ten school or Harvard. It's like someone is doing something and the kid who's moving in right. is like, what am I gotten
0: myself into? <laughs> right, 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 right. Like this is a free for all.
1: Yeah, I did not love. I felt like. Kendra was very judgmental to her sister who had a child. <laughs> and that's honestly not a theme, but what is a theme in both of these movies is that people have children and then or they get pregnant and they go, "What am I going to do?" And it's like there's oh, yes. like so many well, options. Well, like there's just well, well, this is the, and the options are obviously diminishing. But in 1992, they were actually living in a more choice given time. So it's really and that that's actually something that feels almost like Christian-like or very yes. conservative yes. to be like, well, I'm pregnant, I must go away and have the nurses take care of me until I'm ready to come back with my baby that maybe I had or maybe I didn't. And it's right. like, yeah, that's not, you don't need to do that.
0: Well, I know, and this is the thing, it's like if I, this is one of those things sometimes, like the conservatism around some of these stories because cause it's also like, well, what's the what's the biggest bomb I can drop in a story, right? And this movie is definitely like a series of bombs dropped Over and over and over. And so it's almost like the plot happens to our character as opposed to our character having a lot of our main character, Kendra, as opposed to them having a lot of like agency and making choices that then lead to changes. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's like the only thing we know about her that she wants, she wants to be a photographer. Okay. And we know this also because she at all times, you guys, to the point where I go, this is excessive. She is, she has a camera around her neck. Sometimes too. As you must. When you're seeing everything, when you're training your eye. But that's like literally all we know that she, like, it's like she wants to be a photographer, that's it. And then this guy, Ben, talk about being rude. When she first meets Ben, who's pledging the frat that this Reggie guy is in, the guy I don't trust, she's really rude to him too. She's like rude to everybody up top because she's basically like, I'm here to get A's.
1: But it's also like, you can be rude to, because like Ben comes up and he is like cute, charming, hot, a hunk, all of it. And he's only coming up to her because Reg made him because he's pledging. Right. And she's rude to him, which is what pretty girls can do. You know, pretty girls can have the biggest attitude because it's like, I don't care. You know, like, oh, she spit on me. Her spit is on me. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, I'm in love with Ben from the moment we meet
0: him. Ben is very cute. Very, very, like, but, like, boyish, but also masculine. And also, like, you know, Uh, confident but not cocky. Like, I'm into his whole energy. Yeah, like Ralph Lauren model. (laughs) Really? Do they put black people in Ralph Lauren ads now? They do now. They do now? Because you know they didn't used to. Speaking of 1992, it was always like an Aryan family on the beach with rolled up khakis.
1: They do now. And now, now they've gone so far, they've got
0: black people in Abercrombie. Wow. She does have, Kendra does have two friends. She's got like her roommate, Teresa. AKA Terry, and they're like good friends. So it's like, so I, which I had to point that out to say, it seems like at first I was like, is she gonna be friends with anybody? Because she don't want, because all she wants to do is like, you know, she's like, I have to sort out my schedule. Dad, there'll be time for parties later. Like, you know, that I thought, uh oh, is she about to like be isolated in a corner? But then she like, luckily has two friends. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. And basically, what's funny, and I like, is that because she wants to be a photographer, her teacher's like, okay, you took these pictures, they're nice, but like, you don't have a point of view. So that's like what makes her decide to be social, which I think is funny because she's like, well, I guess I have to have experiences so I can get an A in photography. Right, so
1: it's a little robotic. Yeah. But
0: she ends up going
1: to this party that she's been invited to by Ben and Reg. It's like their frat party. And they go, I mean, she looks so cute. Even with the camera and like a sweatshirt tied around her waist, it's just like <laughs> it's not these, fair. these gals that are just like effortless, yeah. and and so they get to the party. Her and Ben have like a nice rapport, and then like a almost like a Hillary Banks type comes up,
0: very Hillary Banks.
1: So Ben is from a rich family, and you like get that vibe almost immediately because he has like a really fancy car. And then this gal, Connie, comes up, mm-hmm. and she's from a rich family, and they go way way back. And so they are. Like they are Martha's Vineyard Black Excellence, folks,
0: and and Kendra's like I'm working class. Yeah, 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 and and also Connie. Not only did they go way back, but it's giving, it's giving early 1900s. You've been promised to me. So like Connie talks to Ben is where it's like, she's like Ben is gonna be my man. Like we're gonna be together forever. Betrothed. Yes. Very betrothed. Yes. And Ben is like hey Connie like he's like really not having it but Connie will not let up All right. but then the cops come to break up the party and Kendra
1: and Ben like run off to hide from the cops and it's like you know kind of sweet and innocent and while they're hiding like behind a
0: rock or a tree (laughs) they have their first kiss I thought what an unsexy scenario especially for a good girl do you know what I mean like I was like you guys are trying to be quiet because the police are around and yet this is the moment it feels like romantic to kiss him
1: Well, but it doesn't matter to her because she's like, I got to get my photos down. But it, but like the reason she wanted to go to this party ends up, you know, even though it's kind of disingenuous, it turns out to be genuine because her and Ben have an actual connection and start dating
0: after this. Yes, but I'm going to tell you this, though. To me, them kissing while hiding from the cops is the first trauma bond of this relationship that continues to be. Honestly, a series of trauma bonds. These people are not right. Like again, they're eighteen, so it's like it's like it's not. Like, I don't expect more, but I'm like, all right, you guys, c- calm down with the whole "you're my number one forever and ever." Because I'm gonna also tell you, Ben says something that I was like, I'm sorry, we cannot normalize this. He says they're eating fries together, and she uh, goes to put ketchup on, and he says ketchup is disgusting. I thought to myself,
1: yeah, and and he's not
0: not from Chicago. He He's not from Chicago. Um, He's from North Carolina. I thought that was crazy. I said to myself, so far, all I know about you is that you're promised to a Hillary Banks type and you don't like ketchup. The details I'm getting on Ben are not satisfying. Also, his big thing is like both of my parents are lawyers. They want me to be a lawyer or a doctor, but I don't want to. But then it's like, well, what do you want to do? Like his whole thing is basically like, I don't want to do it. But then I'm like, but are you sure that you like? want to do anything else I mean his parents are nightmares I will say this they're actual nightmares absolutely terrible because him and Kendra their relationship gets to
1: a point where he brings her home to meet them and they they truly treat her like the help it wasn't at home it was like it was like a college event, wasn't it? At a country a... club. Oh, it was a country. Oh, is yeah, that where they were at a it, country club? Yeah, it felt. I mean, it, it felt like a country club. They were at some sort of brunch. Like uh-huh. he brought her as her date. She dresses like not even if she was dressed crazy, which she would never do. There's no excuse to not be nice to her. But she wears like the quintessential I am going to meet my boyfriend's yes. rich parents outfit. And they're still treating her like she is dirt on their shoe. I can't imagine doing that. Like, I know I have a son and I'm going to have to meet significant others of, you know, wide range of backgrounds
0: and whatever. You got it. You got to at least be nice to their face. Well, that's what I was saying, too, especially because, again, right? And this is what, can be a little confusing you know when you're watching these movies with like hot actors who are older i'm like this is an eight this is supposed to be an 18 year old which to me makes it even worse because like you're being mean to a child yeah it's like why you like there's no need to put down someone who can't even afford to live on their own like you don't need to like neg her and the mom first of all the mom as you pointed out refers to herself as mommy i said okay she says what mommy wants mommy gets and And her
1: children are 18 and like Twenty-four. I don't even call. I don't even call myself
0: mommy. (laughs) And you have an actual toddler. And then Connie, you know the girl who's all into Ben. They're like, "Come sit with us, Connie." So again, it's like they don't even see Kendra as his girlfriend, even though that's who she is, right? And they're like so mean. So as soon as I met them too, I was like, "Do you ever feel that way?" Like, do you have you ever dated somebody who had terrible parents? Because to me, if I know you come from bad people, I'm less inclined to interact with you. Like, to date you, like, because I'm like, oh, ultimately, like, I had a, I had a guy who's, you know, his parents didn't want him to be with someone who wasn't Jewish. To the point where they came into town, they did not want to meet me. I, like, stayed in the apartment and, like, waited for him to come back. And, needless to say, <laughs> it did not last long after that. Even though he was perfectly nice and he wasn't his parents, but I was like, well, you come from people like this, so, like, where does this ever lead? And you also don't have the wherewithal to push back against these people
1: and and they're still obviously very much in your life no i think that's that was probably one of like the only deal breakers for me that it was like i need someone Everyone's family is fully insane. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. like my family is crazy, but I love them. Uh-huh. And, and they're a part of my life. Yeah. And they're a huge, as big a part of my life as they can be a, a, from across the country. Right. And if you don't get along with my family, that's like a non-starter. Right. Even though I very much sometimes <laughs> do not get along with my family. You know, it's like, no, if you are like actively fighting with my family, that's like, tr- that's it's just unnecessary drama. Right. Like, there's so many other things that we're going to have to fight about. Yeah, you know, diapers and and cooking and cleaning and finances to also add on to
0: it. Like, you think one of my brothers is stupid? Like, that's just not going to work. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. But somehow, Kendra and Ben managed to get over this. Because if I was Kendra, I'd be like, I'm out the door. But they managed to work it out. But she starts to have trouble balancing everything. You know, because she's got her work-study job and she's got her course load and it seems like ben he don't be doing nothing and so basically he's constantly Mm -hmm. telling her let's hang out and do stuff so she starts to not show up for her job she misses a big exam Mm -hmm. and so then she like breaks up with him Because she's like, well, I'm serious Mm -hmm. about things. So you're not serious.
1: Which I think is a good call. And and like, I actually do think this happens. I remember hearing some sort of like stat or, you know, anecdote about how Val Victorians honestly like go on and, and struggle sometimes in endeavors after high school because they've never encountered failure. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh me, I failed all the time. So when a failure comes (laughs) up, I go, Oh yeah, throw it in the pile. But someone who's like, I've done everything right. And I'm an overachiever. Like they hit one hurdle and then it goes, well, now it's spiraling and kind of da, 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 da. And so her response to that is, well, I'll cut him out instead of, you know, what would probably be healthier of, Hey, I can hang out with you on Tuesdays because I'm off and I don't have a class early on Wednesday or something.
0: Right exactly exactly or being like yeah i'll see you on saturday you know like weekends or whatever but you know and ben obviously he's upset about that and they break up but then kendra's dad has a heart attack and he's like there when she gets the call and he drives her to the hospital to be with him and this is over thanksgiving break and he ends up spending the whole thanksgiving break with her at the hospital for her dad and the dad is like, that was, like, so
1: big. And it's like, yeah, but we've seen the parents. Like, he he was like, I'd rather be at this hospital than with
0: my family. <laughs> and then we spent Thanksgiving. Well, especially because Connie was supposed to be there as well for yeah, Thanksgiving. So he's like, I'm good. But they're still broken up. But see, Ben is still, right, so they're broken up, but he's still stepping up. So obviously, like, they can't let go of each other. But then Kendra has a moment where, and this is the part maybe I kind of did not understand why she was ever hanging out with him to begin with, but Reg... The guy who was, you know, been trying to hit on her since moving day, shirtless frat guy. Yeah, it was like he. They're in a class together, and he's like, "Do you want to study together?" So they had been studying a couple times for this class, and so they have the final mm-hmm. coming up, and they're studying together, and he sexually assaults her. So, yeah, I told you, Ridge was no good, and this is right before, you know, again, these were finals, so it was like right before winter break, and, you know. She's a victim of sexual assault (laughs) and everything that comes with that. And the movie shows you, you know, the the way her life starts to unravel. She has PTSD. Yeah. And the trauma and the aftermath. Right. And she starts to abuse her father's pain medication that he has gotten Mm -hmm. after his heart attack, his health scare. So she starts to abuse that. Brings that back to school, and you do see her, her,
1: her two friends trying to, re, you know, the, it. This light has gone out of yes, her. Yes, yes. And you can tell some she's going through something, and you see people who care about her, the photography teacher, I think Ben to some extent, the friends being like, "What is going on?" And and she does not want to admit it, and so she's me. Yeah. And she yeah. pushes them away, which I think is a very normal response. Yeah. And it makes them be like, OK, well, then f- you. Yeah. And so then she she sort of self prophecy isolated herself. So she does not have to dig into this wound that's so fresh
0: right but then there's a scene of uh take back the night style rally i'm sure everyone's familiar with what that is as she's hearing someone tell their story she starts crying you know and like and her two friends are with her and it seems to be this is the beginning of her sort of admitting something happened and her opening up right after she's pushed everybody away for these last few months and after that you know she approaches Ben. She apologizes for pushing him away. And it seems like they are getting back together and they're like, sort of back together again. But you know, there's a moment where he's trying to be intimate and she recoils and she is prompted to tell him what happened, but she doesn't say it is his frat brother, Reg. Reg. But then later they go to a frat party and she sees Reg and she immediately like, you know, has a panic attack and has to run outside. And without even saying it's him, Ben realizes it. He, like, punches Reg. They get in a fight. And what happens in the fight is he pushes Reg and he hits his head on a coffee table. And this is something I can Yeah, Reg
1: falls, hits the head. Hits his head.
0: And this is, honey, and this is the thing. And I'll tell you this. Because this is why I say... You can't be starting no fights near coffee tables or banisters or ledges, because next thing you know, you got a manslaughter charge. You got a manslaughter charge, because this happens in so much true crime. I watch is that someone's. It's like I didn't mean to do whatever, but they hit their head on a corner, and it's and now you going to jail for twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: you can call it the con air. It's like even if you're doing the right thing, someone falls wrong, yep. and so he's not dead, but he's in a coma. But I thought he was dead. Me too. I thought he was Me dead. Me too. Because we hear that. Reg's parents are pressing charges against Ben. Yes. And then this, of course, makes Ben's parents blame Kendra somehow. Right. right. Because they're like, Well, you got in a fight because of this girl. And and lawyers are involved. And his parents are lawyers. And so it's all really, really messy. And Kendra actually goes to Reg while his head is bandaged. He's mm-hmm. in the hospital. And she's like, You need to tell your mom to drop these charges, or I'm going to Say
0: that you raped me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kendra oh, had boy. to go in there and try to help and out, confront ben. her rapist. I know to help Ben. And so, I mean, you really see the extent to which this couple is standing by each other. All right, it's giving Mary J. You're all I need to get by. They are, uh, they are attached. It's them against the world. Until, until, Connie tells Kendra. She's pregnant with Ben's baby. This is freshman year still. I said this is too tumultuous. Okay. We are literally at the point, we're like at, I think, February of freshman year. You know what I mean? Like, and so basically, in the what, two months, Ben and Kendra were broken up. Basically, that Thanksgiving trip in which, you know, after what Reg did to her, and they were, he got with Connie. Got with Connie and got her pregnant. I didn't even think he liked Connie. Well, this is what we're talking about. And then he he says, he's like, well, I was just seeing her to make you jealous. Well, you don't have to have unprotected sex with her. When you're trying to make someone jealous, you like are seen out in public
1: with them. (laughs) It's like Kendra wasn't watching you guys have, Sex without a condom—that seems—that seems like you were really going Meisner. That means you were—that means you were taking the part a little
0: too seriously, Ben. Exactly. It's like so crazy. Like this is the thing I can't stand, and this is what I mean. Like this conservative, where it's like, you actually know you don't have to have a baby if you become pregnant against your wishes or plans.
1: And yeah, and these are people that are educated from children of people with means. Like we, you know, there's like a lot of different avenues, but instead they go the most archaic route and they say, Ben, this is Ben's parents, Ben, you must marry Connie, who's going to have that child, or we are going to cut you off. And I said, "I'm sorry. Is this
0: is this a Duke in 1500s Italy? Like what? I know this is 1992. I know it's like so insane. But then it's like, but here's what also is what kind of this comes back to my problem with Ben." So obviously when Kendra finds this out, she's like, you and I are done. But Kendra has managed to like, she's very good at photography. We're being told and it's funny because photography for me is one of those things where they show them in movies and stuff. I'm like, okay, if you say so. So sure. it's like the pictures okay, are good. Sure. And she, and her, and her teacher suggested she transfer to an art school, a very prestigious art school in Chicago, which is like
1: kind of rude
0: rude to be like, I think you should go. I love it, though. <laughs> I love it. She really said, like, look, you're talented. If you are really to the point where you're wearing two cameras around your neck every day, you might as well go to art school, where you're around other people who do that all the time.
1: <laughs> and, like, we're saying, like, we're looking at her freshman year being like, this is not good. So, I think to some extent, the the photography is like, you know what? You have those two weeks where you did not do your hair at all. Maybe you should just go to Chicago, because it
0: does not seem like Hammond is working. But, but, my thing is, so they're having like the final, you know, the photography exhibition, you know, of their work. And Ben decides to come there to tell Kendra all this. Like my parents say I have to marry Connie. So da 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 And it's like, and then he gets mad at her when she's like, well, I'm going to Chicago then. You know what I mean? Like whatever. And he gets mad that she's, she's like, he's like, you didn't tell me? When were you gonna tell me? I go, Sir, you got somebody pregnant and just said you about to marry them. She don't owe you nothing. Why would you have an attitude?
1: So I didn't have really any like serious boyfriends in college. I definitely like dated people, but I had tons of friends that had serious boyfriends and a lot of them had so much drama. And it's it's like elevated kind of from high school because you're a quote unquote adult, Mm -hmm. but you're still not mature enough to like behave. Right. adult like and so yeah it's 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 exes showing up at art exhibitions <laughs> and being like i gotta marry the scri-. it's like what is that? this is not romeo and juliet like why are we doing all of this like we're, our parents are paying for our food. We need to stop
0: acting so over the top. I know. Well, the, Well, but then again, this is the thing. So he says that. So biggest possible moment. Then like the next day, he's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm not going to marry Connie. I will be there for my child. But you and I, let's make it work. I'm going to come visit you in Chicago. And I just felt like he also keeps talking about like not listening to his parents, but I'm still not clear on what he does want. It seems to me like he just made Kendra his new mommy you know what i mean like he's that kind of guy who's like oh i, I kind of obviously as someone who was like stiflingly parented right where like his parents go you have to do this you have to do that here he is finally away from home and he just falls in love with this girl and is like okay i'll do i want to be with you oh wait no oh wait right. whatever and then it's like okay so basically she's like gonna go spend the summer in chicago to start the internship before she you know, starts school and basically the movie ends with you know, him saying he's going to visit her. He buys her a fancy new camera as a going away gift, which is quote, the last purchase on my credit card before my mom cancels it. And quite honestly, I would have preferred he got a job and earned the money for the present himself it, it, it you using Mommy's card to buy the girlfriend that mommy doesn't even respect a present yeah i I
1: did want the mom to be financially punished in some way, so I liked that part. But then I wish there had been another present, like it's like I want the mom. To have to pay for something because she's been a bitch. But then I also want you to do something that cost you
0: blood, sweat, and tears. Absolutely. So the movie ends with Kendra getting in the car on her way to Chicago as real love plays on the radio. So that is Kendra's journey in 1992 at the age of 18. And when I tell you that all happened in the space of eight months, that was like eight months? Yeah. Her,
1: (laughs) Her her sister that's a teen mom is looking at Kendra going, God, I guess I got it easy. <laughs> this over here, Kendra, you should have just had a kid at 16 because you would have avoided all of this mess. Okay, let's take a little breather. If, if you are not satisfied, you are in the same boat because we are not satisfied either. We got to get to the end of this Ben, Ken, Ben and Ken drama. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Strength of a Woman. We are back. We are back. Strength of a Woman. Strength
0: of a Woman should have been the title of this podcast. (laughs) Cookies and Cream present Strength of a Woman. Strength of a Woman. We are now in Chicago in 2007, y'all. 15 years have passed. Since that insane freshman year at Hammond. Now, Megan, where were you in Chicago in 2007? I
1: wasn't in Chicago yet in 2007. Uh-oh. I moved to Chicago in 2009. So oh. in 2007, I was I was just down I 65, about an hour and 45 minutes to the southeast, and I was in West Lafayette,
0: Indiana, on my way on your to way Chicago. to Chicago. Well, mm-hmm. look. I'm going to tell you, it seems like in this 15-year time, Kendra has gotten things together. It seems like she's thriving. She has her own photography studio. She's photographing models and celebrities. She has a personal assistant, a white girl named Liberty. And she has a hot neurologist husband named Kevin who, like, comes in to drop her off some food. So you're like, okay, he's attentive. And he's in his scrubs. You know, he's a working man. But we also see that they're trying to have a baby. Kendra seems to be thriving, but she would like to complete her family. <laughs> we learn this because she whispers to
1: sexy Dr. Kevin, "I'm ovulating," <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay. it is sad. The yeah, that's um.
0: You know, people joke about this all the time where it's like, we're on the clock, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. um, oh my it, can it can be jarring. It can be jarring. I mean, jarring. also we're finding out too that she's getting an award for like, you know, her photography in the city of Chicago that night, right? So it's like, Kedra's being honored, husband's hot, work is thriving. Teresa from college, Terry, is still there. She a single mother. She owned a manhunt, but they're like friends. So you get that sense, you know, like, even the friend she made that first year at Hammond is like so her friend. So it's like at first, literally it's like the first five minutes, she goes, yes, Kendra, you deserve. You went Great. through a lot. But then. Yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then the wheels fall off because the career, it's a bit of a facade. It's like, it's almost like the beginning of this movie is an Instagram post. Uh-huh. And then everything after it is like, but this is the real story. Yeah, yeah. So she does not want to be, photographing models. Kevin works all the time. Mm -hmm. He works so much, he doesn't even go to the ceremony where she is getting an award. And so you get the sense that she's not satisfied professionally, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. She's having to schedule having sex with her husband. And then even sometimes he's like, I don't want to do it, even for the purpose of having a child. And so friend Terry is like, you should come to this Hammond College Alumni Night, and she's like, I went there one year, and it was
0: basically the worst year of my life, so why would I go there? Thank you? I was like, why would she go? I was like, Terry, why would you even ask her? Like, I thought it was, like, such a crazy ask. Obviously, I understand what needs to happen for the sake of story, but I was like, there's no way I would go to an alumni event for a school that I attended for one year, during which my claim to fame was this insane relationship with Ben, who... Yeah. Now has a teenager with with Connie at this point. Yeah, I guess I would go. Yeah, you would go. You would go. No, no,
1: I don't like alumni events. You hang out with your sorority all the time. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I like appetizers. All right, I go to events because I like appetizers and I like wine and little plastic cups. And I like my I like some of my sor- my friends from my sorority, but like they keep sending emails. They're going to tear down the build. Well, they're deciding whether or not to tear down the house. And all, and everyone's like, they can't. And I'm like, burn it to the ground. What do I care? I don't live there. I'm a grown ass woman. I live 7,000 miles away. It makes no difference on my life if that house is there or not.
0: Wait, is that the house that was like, there was no AC, no heat. People were in bunk beds. No, now there's all
1: the stuff because you know why? Our dad's paid for it. I was going to say we paid for it, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really pay for anything. Okay. So at this point, I'm like, I need some updates on the family. Her dad, still alive, thrilled. Because if you have a heart attack 15 years earlier,
0: you may be be dead and gone, but he's alive. He's alive. I'm thrilled. He's alive, but he's actually not doing so well, right? He's struggling, you know? So you're like, but he's there. You know, Kendra ends up going to the alumni event. And of course, who does she see? Ben. Ben Ben. Baldwin, honey. And he's- And he's hot still. Well, of course (laughs) he is. And he's up on everything she's done. He like knows where she's at. He's like, oh, congratulations on your award. Also, the award is for Most Influential Photographer in Chicago, FYI, okay?
1: Sure. And they and they both live in Chicago, and that's not where Hammond was. Hammond was in North Carolina. Yeah. So it's like, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't seen each other, but we sort of get to the root of that. There was some back and forth 15 years ago after she left to go to art school. She then showed up unannounced back at Hammond to see Ben
0: and- it Things didn't go well. Out. It didn't go well. It did not go well. Basically, what we learned is, that, like, he was with Connie at the time, so she just assumed they were together, but he was like, I told you, like, I we have a kid together, so she's like, not my girlfriend, but I have to be around her. Anyway, what we also learned about Ben is that, you know, he did become a lawyer, for all his talk of wanting to do something different, and not be like his parents. He became a lawyer, but he's a public defender, so he's helping people. I just still felt like, Ben, I'm very underwhelmed by a lot of your choices, Okay. And then, you know, after that, where, like, it starts off kind of friendly, but then they have the blow up where it's like, stop pretending we're friends. And the very next day, Kendra gets a call saying her father has died. And I said, the world will not let up on Kendra. The world will not let up. They, I mean, she cannot get a moment's peace.
1: If we were to recap the 15 years, I think it would be, t- I'm almost like, thank you for giving us a break. <laughs> I know Kendra didn't get a break, but Naomi and I needed one because this was too much. Now, when Kendra finds out her dad has passed, her friend Terry is in an Ed Hardy t-shirt. <laughs> Which I did not even notice. Yeah, so it's like 1992 was a period piece. 2007, also a period piece. 2007 though feels like, it was yesterday. You know, like I hear 2007 and I'm like, oh yeah, that
0: I was that was yesterday, right? And it wasn't, unfortunately. So you like, I don't feel like it's yesterday. It makes me sad. I'll be like, 2007. Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, that time. And I'm like, that was 16 years ago. 16 is too many. Even if- I know. At, four years ago, yeah, 16 is
1: too, is it's too many. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. I want to circle back to them getting into this like blow up fight though, because it's like they're having friendly chatter and then they go and like- For two people to get into a fight like that, you go, you still love each other. Like, there's still emotions simmering right beneath the surface. Like, if I saw an ex-boyfriend and we got in a fight, CJ would be like, what is going
0: on? (laughs) Why are you fighting with your ex-boyfriend? Well, but here's the thing. That's because the relationship, it was never about them not liking each other. It was all the external forces... Situational, All the plot yeah. happening to them in their lives that just, like, made it impossible to be close. Because, again, it's like, Connie didn't have, to have no baby. Okay? And Ben did not have to... Like, what he did in order to keep his parents... You know, satisfied is basically what it sounds like, right? It wasn't even. You, we don't really hear from Connie in all this, but it seems like for Ben, the driving force is what will my parents want me to do, not even what Connie wants me to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then I like, I'm like,
1: ah. how do I, how do I say that family cell phone plan?
0: Exactly. So
1: yeah, I mean, but like, yes, you're agreeing with me. It's like it, there was no like. The breakup was forced upon them, so yeah. they do still love each other, right? And we see this really driven home because Kendra goes home to North Carolina for her dad's funeral, and her sister's daughter, who we met in the first movie, she was a baby then; she's all grown up, so that's fun. And Doctor Kevin is leaving the funeral because he's got to go back to work, and it's, it's like, like I no,
0: work. well, that's what I said. I said, Kevin, we uh, we don't like Kevin. You, how you gonna bow out of your wife's father's funeral? Cause work. I believe surgeons can take bereavement leave, okay? There's other neurologists. Thank you. You get 72 hours at least.
1: This is not Doc Hollywood, okay? (laughs) They got 7,000 hospitals there. They have multiple teaching hospitals. They got University of Chicago. They got UAC. They got Northwestern. (laughs) We got Rush. We got a lot of hospitals. We can find another neurologist,
0: Kevin. (laughs) And who does Kevin meet on his way out but ben, ben Ben remember Ben lived in Chicago, y'all. So he has come to North Carolina to be with Kendra for her father's funeral. And now this is what I'm talking about. This, this relationship is more trauma bond. This is more trauma bond. Ben, she's in a low place. she's grieving a terrible loss, and now here Ben is. I wonder if they would yeah. be so in love if they actually didn't have all this drama. Like, if they had that, not like, had normal stuff.: if they had not had an insane freshman year. Would it have just been like I like this boy? We dated for six months, and then eh, I realized it's bo- course. Yeah, like he was boring, and I found someone else. Yeah, yeah. I as I'm watching this though too, I'm like,
1: okay. Again, they have the fight. He flies across the country to go to the funeral, so it's like if if someone flies across the country to go to a funeral, they're trying to have sex with you. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. A, f- a funeral's got to be one of the... It's one of the most bizarre, but I'm sure really common places that sets off sex. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 like, yeah.
1: get me on Family Feud. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: And and I'm going to say, Steve, put it on the board. Put it on the board, absolutely. I'm going to say, what are, what's one of the weirdest places that makes people then have sex? I'm going to say funeral. Yeah. And
0: he's going to say, show me funeral, and you're going to see it's it. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. At least 35 people of the yeah. 100 surveyed, okay? So after this, Kendra offers... To have her niece Sonny stay with her for the summer and help her cope with the loss of Grandpa, especially because Sonny's mother Kendra's sister has been like taking care of their dad by herself, you know, because she's been in North Carolina, Kendra's been in Chicago. So I, and she was like, "Yeah, let me do it. Let me help." And I was like, "You know what? This actually might be good for Kendra because she essentially lives by her damn self since Kevin is always working. So she's like, "Let me have a let me have a fifteen year old friend hang out with me because Kevin is never home because he got to work so bad." And I'm telling you. I don't trust Kevin as far as I can throw him. And what do we see next? But she goes to surprise Kevin at work. And he outside. And he is. He, in, he out, outside. Outside in public. Okay. Not even in, not even in like the place where they, the doctors rest. Okay. Not even in the Grey's Anatomy sex room. Thank you. The Grey's Anatomy sex room. Now, outside kissing what I think is a nurse. Just because of the different color scrub. Yeah.
1: Kissing a nurse outside. And he says, it's not what you think. Why do people say that? It is what she thinks. It exactly. is you kissing a nurse. Is it, it? She's
0: standing upright, you're not giving her CPR. It's not what you think. No, it's what she thinks. It's exactly what I think. And it's it's also exactly like, that. And I also said, like, I knew there wasn't enough neurology for all this. Him constantly having to work. I said, oh, okay, that's why you want to be a bit back in the office so bad. Okay? <sighs> and so Kendra walks off I said, thank you, girl. At least has to say this. But then she talks to Terry about how she's like, I should hear him out. I'm not a quitter. And this goes back to that conservative nonsense. And Terry says, he's never been good. It's not quitting to respect yourself. And this is one of those things for me where I go, what is this thinking that like, you have to stay in a marriage just because it's a marriage? I was, It's like, you wouldn't let anybody else treat you like trash, would you now? Why this person? Especially in a world where you have your own income and do not have kids. Honey, I would drop a, I would drop a bitch in a heartbeat. I was like, I understand. I don't understand. If you
1: can get one neurologist, you can get 10. You know, like Kendra, Kendra's a catch. Yeah. And now she's got a 15-year-old wing woman. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 At this point in the notes, I really start I really start spiraling about Kevin because I'm like, she this is and I do think <laughs> this happens to women. It's like, oh, I married the nice guy. I married the good guy. And some of that is maybe a little bit of a mm. settle for the safety. For the peace of mind to go, well, they're not going to cheat on me. And then guess what? They still cheat on you. And mm-hmm. it's like, you might as well have married mm-hmm. the damn NBA player. Well, hello. So that was my own spiral. Well, hello. Oh, and then also, then it brought up another memory is that once when I worked at small claims court as a teen, I was 17, a woman <laughs> I worked with who was probably fifty. I was doing an internship. I was mostly like doing files and stuff. The small claims court did end up. Well, the judge, the judge who ran the small claims court, he was being investigated under federal charges that I actually stand on his (laughs) side. I'm on his side. He was getting undocumented people documentation so they could work. So one of the good guys. Okay, so I say open it back up. But this woman I worked with at Small Claims Court, she was probably in her 50s or 60s, unsolicited, she told me, never marry a cop or a fireman. They got a God complex. And I think I could add
0: in probably surgeons. Oh, absolutely. Doctors and surgeons. Surgeons, I think, more so even than doctors. But yeah, the people who feel like, I'm holding your life in my hands. It's like, of course. It's like, why do you you want that stress? Why do you want that responsibility? Because it feeds you. You get to be like, look what I did. And then you use that, if you're a terrible person, you use that. As a cudgel and a shield for everything else in your life, right? Because if you're saving people's lives, yeah. you don't have to be nice to like your family. <laughs> like, you don't have to like show up for things because you're like, I'm saving lives. It's like, okay, well, you still are an asshole.
1: Which is basically what we're doing doing stand up. You know, we are doing stand up, we are saving people's lives. And that's why sometimes we have. Bad attitudes. Okay, so Kendra gets pregnant and we're like, Mm. I mean, like, she wanted it, but, like, now is she going to get back together? But, like, she does bring up the biological clock. But she's 33. And I don't
0: know. know. Like, I know.
1: That's too, or I guess this is, like, 2007. So, like, yeah, no. I just th- 33 th- seems young biologically to go, well, I got to stay with this guy who's cheating on me.
0: That that's exactly how I feel too. That's how I feel too, but I also know plenty of women I've had I've been with women, I've had I friends know. where they have the conversation where they go, well, if I break w- up with him now, let's say I meet someone else in a year. Okay, that's 34. Then once we like actually, yep. you know, build the relationship and then get together and get married and date, then like what am I 36, 37? Then, you know, like they do that. They literally do that math of being like, well, I can't leave because I would have to start over. And it's like, have you thought about adopting or just filling your home with Pomeranians? These are just things I think. These are things I think, okay? Yeah, yeah. Now, they, she does, because she's pregnant, say like, okay, Kevin, let's make it work. And he's like, I never did it with anyone else. And this was a one-time thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. I cannot cool. believe a word out of your mouth, right? Cool. Meanwhile, niece Sunny is here for all of this. And she takes a we don't think they're not dating they become friends but she becomes friends with ben's son miles you know because they're both like 15 they both like music so they start to hang out and then kendra and ben start to hang out and then kendra goes to pick up sunny from ben's house where she's hanging out with miles and then they stay they eat a little food whatever they come home kevin is mad as hell He's like, yep. who is, you know, who is, and I just thought to myself, how dare this man? Like, Kevin is actually Audacity. one of the most villainous, and we've watched a lot of yep. villainous men doing this pod, Megan. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the mm-hmm. most villainous, and then he's like, you know what? Why don't you invite Ben over so we can get to know, so I can get to know him? And as you can imagine... So she does that. She does, but as you can imagine, you guys, this is the most, like, tense, unpleasant dinner, and what's worse is that Ben's son... And Kendra's niece are there. Like I was like, oh, there are children here and Kevin is combative. He's insulting and he's insulting to him in front of his own child. Like I was like, Kevin's not a good person. (laughs) Yo, he, it wasn't one of those things where it's like,
1: oh, they had dinner with good intentions and it went left. No, he had, Ben, come over, so he could be terrible to him, so he could run him off, so he would stay away from his wife, who he was cheating on.
0: But his child was around. I was like, why did you leave the kids at home if you wanted to be an addict? If you wanted to be like that bad, it's like maybe the kids can go see a movie while I try to emotionally annihilate his father.
1: (laughs) I don't think Kevin realizes that his behavior is out of hand. No. Okay. So then it goes it gets even worse. it gets bad even worse. to way, way 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 worse. Okay. So Kendra is pouring over a bank statement, which I've never done in my life. Oh, you haven't? I have. No, never poured over a bank statement. And she goes, "Hey, what's this $3,300 wire from our joint account?" And he immediately goes on the defensive gaslights her and says it was for his sister for her new so car she could get her car so then she calls the sister and the sister is like no i don't know what you're talking about so then she calls the bank and the bank tells her because it is her joint account that the money was actually
0: transferred to her best friend terry now y'all this Why? throughout this movie, Terry's talking about trying to get her son, Tyler into a private school. And the whole time, Kendra's like, well, get his dad to pay up. And she's like, I know, I don't know. Like, you know, so this is, th- this is a theme, right? Of the, Like, Terry has this baby daddy who is no good. That's what we kind of get. And so next thing we see Kendra drive up to Terry's house, confronts her. And literally the first thing we, y'all, Kevin, who we already can't stand, is the father of Terry's son, y'all. Y'all, when I tell you I screamed. That wasn't even on a bingo card. It was, I said what I screamed. And she's like, you guys are broken up. It was one night. Why did you keep that baby? And also why you having unprotected sex with people? I just, I just, I just feel like, you know, you can just grab a condom anywhere. You can go into a college campus, take a walk into a health center and just grab a condom out of a bucket, okay? I, I, <laughs> and like,
1: oh, I, it's so insane. You had told me, you go, there's a really big surprise because you had seen this before me. And it's like, you've seen all the surprises before. We've already had an accidental <laughs> baby. We've had a father die. We've had a horrific sexual assault. Like the it, there's know. been a lot. And then this smacked me. God's also, God. you're a neurologist.
0: You're supposed to be a smart person. Why did you send the money from your joint account, you bozo? Well, come on. Well, come on. And then the fact that he was so, like, because literally Kendra's like, hey, what's this money? And he's like, I'm not going to fight with you. Like, the way he so immediately makes it that she is the problem, that is the pathology. That's the sickness. Death penalty. Death penalty. This is what you can't overcome. This is what you can't overcome in an evil person. So I said, I was gobsmacked. And I was like, Terry, you've been friends with her for for over 15 years. She's the only person we see that's a constant in her life. And you've been lying to her face for however, however old this boy is—eight years, 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 nine years, ten years—nine, Ten. exactly. So I'm like. This whole time? And then Kevin, too? Does he? Know,
1: does the boy know that Kevin is is his dad? Like, is that a secret that he's having to keep that whenever? Because you get the sense they must be around each other. No,
0: he doesn't know. No. I bet you the boy doesn't know Kevin's dad. Uh, so and you know, Kevin is not somebody who's like, I want to be there for my son. Do you know what I mean? He's basically like, I'll give you money to hush you up, basically.
1: To go away. Yeah. Okay, so you know what Kendra does? She lights Kevin's car on fire.
0: Yeah. And I said, Yes, honey, give us the waiting to exhale moment. Give us the waiting to exhale. And it's like the middle, when she gets back from Terry's house, she does it. She starts packing up his things. She literally takes a garbage bag Mm -hmm. and is like, I'm packing. He's like, Where are you going? You're leaving. You are. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, obviously, you know, she tells him what she knows. And then, of course, he's like, Baby, baby, baby. It's like, Okay, get out of here. You're, you're, you, there's nothing. There's nothing you can say. As they're arguing, she accidentally, because and I say accidentally because I bet y'all would not be surprised if Kevin pushed her, but she accidentally falls down the stairs in her house. And she ends up- And we know that's not good. And we know it's not good and she ends up losing the baby that she wanted so badly. And the only person by her side it is, is her niece Sunny who's like sitting next to her in the hospital and then I said honestly imagine this movie as a coming of age story from Sunny's point of view <laughs> she's literally like my cool photographer aunt invited me to stay with her in Chicago for the summer and then she just goes there and is like bears witness to an unhealthy relationship unraveling her aunt has a horrific accident I said oh no Sunny this summer did not go as planned but I guess in the end she gets no. a camera and decides she wants to be a photographer too it's like okay
1: yeah and, and as 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 you describe that, I think that is the plot to my girl too. <laughs> like almost beat by beat. Okay, so we see we see this horrific series of events. Kendra can't obviously catch a break. Send Kendra
0: into a spiral. I wait, can I just take a moment? Can I just take a quick moment? Because this is something mm-hmm. that can also frustrate me. I don't like seeing The stories of black women wherein they are brutalized and forced to triumph. Because ultimately, what we are supposed to see is again, right, strength of a woman—the per- the, how a woman can get through everything, rise above, yeah. But it, I just don't think it's fair that she should have to get through everything terrible that can happen to a person. Like I don't, and it's, and it's such a trope. It's such a trope. I think particularly with black, you know, the magical Negro in some ways, black characters where it's like everything's terrible, but I keep my head up high. And it's like it's you shouldn't have to go through everything terrible. At all times. Like I just can't. I just like I it just it just makes me so sad when I watch this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't see anybody brutalized ever, but it feels like particularly when it comes to telling no. our stories, there is this oh god,
1: preoccupation. Yeah, there's some people I don't mind seeing brutalized, but those are the people that are never brutalized, right. you know, like you don't really get that payoff. So she starts drinking at like and you go, yeah. Rightfully so. My concern is she's only drinking red wine. And as we (laughs) noted at the top of the show, that's going to give you the worst. Like, we see her down, like, bottles and bottles and bottles of red wine. I honestly think, like, my brain would cave in on each other. Like, that would give you a headache so bad that you'd be like, oh, I can't ever take a photograph again. Right, like, right. Like, my eyes, my eyes fell out of my head, and now I can't be a photographer.
0: Exactly. And ultimately, it's her sister who comes to help her, who flies from North yeah. Carolina, bracelet picks Kendra up and is like, come back home with me. And then the next thing we see, I don't know how much time passes, but we get the sense time is passing and Kendra's looking better. She's like out in the city taking pictures with her niece. She's wearing a blazer with a belt, which I think was your note. So you know she's healed. (laughs) You know she's healed.
1: (laughs) Once we are belting
0: blazers, okay, we're back. We're back healthy. We're back. And, you know, it seems like, okay, she had to get home to get right. And she's like kind of grounded. She's going to move on from this nightmare human Kevin, even though, of course, you know, it's like the divorce isn't final, but at least like he's out you know, he's gone. And then they're having a nice time at home when there's a, the doorbell rings. and like, is it the pizza? And then Kendra goes to the door and who is it? Ben. Ben is at the door. And remember y'all Ben live in Chicago. So he has come back again right. to North Carolina <laughs> because he heard from Kendra's assistant, quote, what happened? At which point I said, this is a bad assistant because you can't, like, people can't call the office and be like, where's Kendra? And you'd be like, okay, so let me tell you what happened was. It's like, no, you have to say she's unavailable.
1: (laughs) Or, or is she a great assistant because now this really hot man is at her house. So it's like, Naomi, yes, if something terrible happens to me, I do not want you telling people. But if you can tell people in a way that then it is advantageous to me, I do want you to share that information. (laughs) Now, I realize in this metaphor, I have made you my assistant, and I do apologize for that. <laughs> okay, so then they have a pizza party, and not really a party. I It really, it, as they're sitting around the tiniest table I've ever seen eating pizza, it dawned on me that people always eat pizza in movies. So funny. What? There's never breadsticks. There's never a side. There's never any garlic sauce or ranch. It's just one piece at a time on a plate. And it's like, <laughs> if I ate pizza that way... I wouldn't be hosting this podcast because I'd be in Sports (laughs) Illustrated.
0: (laughs) And Ben invites Kendra. She's like, hey, my parents are having like a barbecue. Do you want to come? And Kendra is like, Kendra agrees to go. And I was like, though his parents (laughs) were so vile to you in real love in the first movie. I would not go anywhere near their property. I said, Kendra, girl, what are you doing? It makes no sense. And it doesn't seem
1: like they would have good food. It like it like his her his mom was so thin like it's like I I don't know if she's gonna have the type of deviled eggs I like, but she gets to the party and the mom is actually
0: very nice to her. Warm, she's warm, you guys. Yeah, and you know why she's warm? warm? They explain it. She beat cancer and it made her a nice person, (laughs) which was it it changed her. I love that because they knew. So that's all it took, cancer. They they were they were like really like we have to, we have to justify this person not being the wicked witch we saw. What's something that will make someone change their entire POV? <laughs> yeah, the
1: mom asks if Kendra plays cornhole. I thought cornhole was only
0: white people. Is that, that's
1: a, well, how is a black in,
0: activity as well? I grew up in the city. I don't know nothing about no cornhole either way. But again, they're giving okay. Martha's Vineyard. They're giving, right? Like they're that kind of people where they're like, they're playing a lawn game. They're playing a lawn game. Yeah, but cornhole is like for white trash. Oh, is it? But I they're playing croquet, they're playing croquet. No. They're playing bocce. Cornhole's trash. And I didn't know cornhole was trash. I don't. I didn't know that about cornhole. I didn't know that about that.
1: Well, I played I played cornhole when I was back in Indiana. <laughs> my, parents, my parents put out a cornhole set and all these kids were playing on
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically that night, Kendra and Ben end up having sex. So great for them. And then in the morning, Ben is like, I want to make a family with you. And I said, slow down, sir. Neither of you are even officially divorced because him and Kanye separated. She and Kevin still got to work stuff out, even though I hope she gets everything since he cheated. But we do see a romantic montage. And so things seem to be going well until... Basically, throughout this, Connie, with the separation, Connie and Ben are in this custody battle, and Connie is going to move their son to North Carolina. So Ben, of course, wants to be with his son— so even though he's in Chicago, he's like, okay, I'm gonna move to North Carolina. But Miles will be in college; will be off at of college in a couple of years. So, so you know, basically, he's like, we can make it work. It's like this is the exact same thing as the first movie. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I have know. a kid with Connie. But, 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 you and I, we can make it work. And so, not surprisingly, you can see Kendra immediately start to pull away and be like, this ain't gonna be it. This ain't happening and she starts to sort of close off again.
1: And he says, he's like, I'll be back every six weeks. And it's like, oh, yeah. I've done long distance. Yeah. Six weeks is way, you gotta do two, two weeks. Exactly. You gotta yeah. see each other every two weeks. Three weeks, like if, if there's some extenuating circumstance and they had to go to battle. <laughs> but like two <laughs> weeks, six weeks is not, and I guess it's okay because uh, the son is going to be graduating in two years. So there's like an end in right, sight. Yeah. But again, you're right. It's like, can't we just have much. a win
0: for our gorgeous queen? Not at all. And then I'm also like, okay, Ben, can you just aside? Of course, uh, my first thought too was like, can you practice law in North Carolina? Like he's a public defender. He's in Chicago. He probably has to retake the bar unless- I go, honey, he's not available. He's not available if he has to retake the bar. He will be off the grid.
1: Yeah. No, not available. No, no, no. But maybe North Carolina is like, well, we accept reciprocity from Illinois because we think maybe, you know, land Lincoln. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Then there's a moment when Kendra goes to pick up her takeout order, which I said, relatable queen.
1: Or we'd have it delivered. She's rich. And she's like, I can go pick it up. And Naomi and I are like, I can't
0: move out of my home. Well, no, but you know what I say? This is because she lives in Chicago, a walkable real city. The reason why I can't go pick up my food in LA is because two miles will have you halfway on the highway and (laughs) you make it murdered. So she's picking up her food and she runs into Terry and, you know, Terry really wants to see Ken. She's like, I miss you and like whatever. And Kendra's like, "I I forgive you, but there's no sign they'll be friends again. And that was like such a sad moment. I mean on one hand, because on one hand I thought that was the end of Terry, you know, from that first time where she's like, I see his father, and it's like, I thought she's gone. So to have them run into each other, I was like, oh my lord. But I didn't think that she would talk to Terry. Because here's my thing though, I'm that because honestly, if Terry had told Kendra the truth, maybe their friendship would have died back then. But I think if nothing else, she would have at least saved Kendra years with Kevin. She would Kendra would have been done with Kevin a lot sooner. Why? Why let your friend get back together with that guy? Yeah, I, for some reason, this
1: like at, not when I was watching it, but as we're like recapping the breakdown of it, I'm like, this is kind of like scandal <laughs> because it's just like such an intense betrayal by the two cl- people closest to you. So Kendra finally comes around on on this. Ben's situation, because I think she's like, well, you know, there's no good men left. (laughs) So, yes, uh, Ben, I will see you every six weeks. We can write to each other in poem form. I'll send you photographs. So they take a road trip to drive Ben basically back to North Carolina. And they stop at Hammond College, where they first fell in love. And she tells him she's going to move to North Carolina
0: to be with him. Wow wow because she's like basically i can i can just fly back for the big photo shoots and everything else i could do here and i said okay but like aren't your clients in chicago right she's gonna be fly well hey but look if, look if she's as big as she say i bet she can get traveling there she's like i'll come take your picture you just gotta fly yeah. me first class <laughs> i bet kendra could do it i bet she could do it yeah she could also just pretend she still lives in chicago i think that's
1: what like that's what I would do. I am like, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. Uh-huh. Oh, traffic was bad. The
0: <laughs> so they end up taking a selfie with a real camera. Which, of course, I was like, how did she frame it right? I was like, I don't understand. You can't see anything. You're taking a chance. She knows. She knows. She knows. And then the movie ends with sort of like a montage of different
1: photos of them through throughout their relationship.
0: The college kids, the grown folks. And so that's them. And, you know, I got to honestly say... I don't even know if I'm not happy for them because even when they were together as not only children, there was nothing so great about like, it's interesting. You could tell they were attracted to each other, but because their relationship has so much rockiness, almost from like moment two, it's hard to see Mm -hmm. what the good stuff is. Like it's hard to see like what the intense one of a kind connection is aside from we're both attractive and have a crush. Yeah. I just didn't get it. I'm just like, okay.
1: Yeah. There were good times. There were good times. I, I think
0: the one of the slight failings is we didn't see a lot of the good times because there's so many things. That's happening. not the thing. It's like, yeah, because I'm like, I mean, because there's so much trouble in the relationship, you don't really get a lot of downbeat where they're just enjoying themselves. Like every he teaches her how to drive, and that seems like that's a fun moment. Like we see that a little bit. They go to a
1: step competition.
0: But it's like, Again, I'm seeing y'all do stuff. I'm not getting the sense that you guys like love the same music or laugh at the same jokes or, you know, that I was like, okay, I guess you with him. I mean, I think he's a nice guy, but I also think he's He's a little bit of a, I think he's also a little like, I mean, now he's a public defender. He's out here trying to like help teenagers. You know what I mean? Like he is a, he's trying to help people, but I just am very unimpressed with Ben as a person. And I feel like their relationship is so driven by trauma that i just am like yeah. yeah honestly y'all both be single and just work out,
1: right i mean i'm just so attracted to him and it's actually he's played by an actor named da vinci yeah who is also a stand-up comedian i did not realize he was a stand-up comedian but i was looking him up because i you know now i have a crush on him and he's like a wildly famous I, and popular
0: Yes, wildly <laughs> famous and popular i mean the movies because we got to say look the projective values were high. Mary J said if we're going to put very my music good. in these movies, very good, very high. Yes, everybody's top tier. Everything's coming together. Slick, gorgeous, mm-hmm. you know, really nice. It was giving you said Scandival, and for me it was giving Shonda Rhimes. Right? It was it had yeah. the energy. It had that like you know, the drama, the tension of like, you know, Primetime drama. Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. And do you think there's a chance that we could open for Da Vinci? You know, so like maybe I host and then you feature and then Da Vinci's headlining. I think that could be some you know a fun trio.
0: I don't know. We'll see. I wonder if Da Vinci is the kind of man who uses the word females to talk about women. <laughs> yeah, I were in stand up, you know, like so like that's something we have to check out before we like really try to bid for this job. We have to really check before we bid. Yeah, to shield
1: my attraction to Da Vinci, I actually did not watch his stand-up. Yes, yes. And I would do that for almost anyone because you just go, well... I got to see it live. You know like I can't I can't dive right into an Instagram reel. I need to let's let's hope we run into each other on the club circuit.
0: <laughs> oh my god, let's hope. Let's hope you guys perhaps have the listeners can arrange a meet cute where we run into Da Vinci's <laughs>
1: show. Yes. Two married women probably 15 years his senior. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So next episode we are continuing Black Music Month with Lifetime and A&E,
0: and we will be watching and recapping Keisha Cole, This Is My Story. Multiple Grammy Award nominee Keisha Cole makes her producing and acting debut, telling her own story in Keisha Cole, This Is My Story. She said what she said. The new biopic follows Keisha through her early days in Oakland, honing her musical talents to her rise as a multi-platinum-selling recording artist and television personality. It's a story of tragedy, Love and overcoming obstacles to achieve your wildest dreams. And it premieres Saturday, June 24th at 8 p.m. only on Lifetime. So strap in, y'all. You know it's going to be a good one. We will see you next week. Real love. I'm searching for a real love. money's in my can Stay heart? in town. <laughs> Someone who won't get a girl pregnant. Real love. Pregnant. I love a lifetime movie. If you love lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two Amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime, and they get into the nitty-gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam.
1: This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not.
0: I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by... Naomi and Megan you should know that by now if you've gotten to this point you should know that we're the host okay uh,
1: I it feels like we don't even need to say it but we'll put ourselves in the credits
0: copyright 2023 AME television networks LLC all rights reserved. <laughs>